This is the Mainly Plants Podcast. My name is Ryan Furman. I'm a certified plant-based nutritionist and personal trainer. The website is mainlyplants.com. Uh, social media, at Mainly Plants. Get a hold of me through there, through DM or uh, uh, the website. Or you can email me, ryan at mainlyplants.com. And for all of your Amazon shopping needs, just head to mainlyplants.com slash Amazon. And it'll take you right to Amazon. It helps me out so I can keep the podcast free. So thank you for listening. Thank you for telling a friend about it. Thank you for passing the podcast along. Let's jump right into it. So this week, I wanted to talk to you guys about fatigue. Uh, the reason that I went plant-based is because, excuse me, I, I had high cholesterol. I was 27 and I was super tired all the time to the point where I had to take a nap at like three o'clock every day in order to function. I couldn't stay awake. And the whole food plant-based diet cleared all that up for me. Now I don't, you know, I don't know if I had chronic fatigue syndrome or, or whatever it was, but whatever it was was cleared up, along with my cholesterol. Now, fatigue may be a symptom of a variety of illnesses, also, including but not limited to celiac disease, uh, MS, PMS, depression, fibromyalgia, diabetes, hypertension, and dehydration. Um, dehydration, you know. A lot of people don't realize that they're not drinking enough water. And first of all, you should be peeing clear every time you go to the bathroom, except for like that early morning stuff. You know, once you wake up and get your first glass of water going, from then on, you should pretty much be peeing clear throughout the day. Maybe a little tint of, you know, yellow, but a lot of people are dehydrated and they don't they don't realize that's the reason that they're fatigued and that they're tired. Another reason that people are fatigued and tired throughout the day is they don't realize that their their quality of sleep is might be terrible. Sleep issues are a an increasingly large portion of reasons that people have fatigue throughout the day and don't feel good. You know, you might you might sleep a long time, but what we're talking about is sleep quality. You want to get into that deep sleep where you wake up feeling refreshed. If you're going to sleep and getting eight, nine hours of sleep, but you wake up and you're groggy and you don't feel like you slept enough, ch- chances are, odds are that you your quality of sleep is not good. And, and that's where I would recommend things like CBD oil, like melatonin, even that, um, that apple cider vinegar tea. You know, that stuff is works really, really well. And what it is, is you take uh, two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, and if you are eating honey, you know, a lot of vegans, most vegans, or all vegans, don't eat honey. Um, I have honey from time to time, rarely, and it's usually when I'm doing this, this uh, sleepy cocktail. But it's two tablespoons apple cider vinegar, one tablespoon of honey, if you're not doing honey, you can do maple syrup or agave nectar or something like that. It's basically just the sugar. And then you add it to a cup, a mug of hot water. And you drink that and it will put you to sleep really well. I don't know what it is, but it works like magic. And I really utilize it in the winter a lot. It's too hot in the summer in Arizona to really be drinking hot drinks at night. I'm already sweating my ass off enough. But I highly recommend that. But getting back to my original point, most people don't realize 
that their quality of sleep is terrible. It can also be your pillow. You need to change out your pillows like once a year, maybe once every two years if you want to stretch it. Um, you can also fluff your pillows up really well if you uh, put them in the sun, take, you know, take them out of the pillowcase, put them in the sun, and let the sun really take all the moisture out of them. And that fluffs them back up. But sleep quality is a big one. Now, consuming a whole food plant-based diet, which is naturally high in antioxidants, might help uh, alleviate fatigue. And now there's a fascinating study, and it was published in the Journal of Biomedical Optics. And it comes straight out of like a science fiction novel. And they used an argon laser to measure in real time the levels of antioxidants in people's bodies. Antioxidants, um, they live in human skin. And we know that eating fruits and vegetables boosts our antioxidant levels, while stress, on the other hand, eats at our stores of antioxidants, causing our levels to drop. But how does this really all happen? And what are the dynamics of it? And no one really knew until this study. And while they were taking measurements, they had people um, write in diaries, you know, right when they were sick, when they were tired, eating tomato sauce or up partying all night or whatever they were doing. And so they came up with, with graphs and they came up with graphs tracking antioxidant levels and linking them to life events. So for example, uh, things might be going fine and then there might be stress at work. So you eat more fruits and veggies, but then um, you start not getting enough sleep. So you have more fruits and veggie consumption again, and then you get a bad cold and you get dropped, your antioxidant level gets dropped way down um, before you know, you get, you're starting to recover slowly. So you're constantly going through this fluctuation of antioxidant levels in your body, depending upon what's going on in your day. And the most important finding was that antioxidant levels can plummet within two hours of a stressful event. So you get stuck in traffic, you get agitated, you're breathing in you know, car exhaust, and your body, your body starts to use there's its stores of antioxidants. Now it takes two hours to lose and can take up to three days to get our levels back up. So really the take home message is that, especially when we're sick or when we're stressed out, or when we're tired, we need to really be soaking up uh, antioxidants however we can, which means you know fruits and vegetables at every meal and every snack and you know drinking green tea and, and juices and smoothies. You know whenever anybody gets sick that I know, especially my you know my family, I always always tell them a lot of people, I would say most people don't really feel like eating when they're sick, so it's hard to you know get your body to eat a salad or to eat really anything when you're sick. So I always say you know, go out and get a smoothie or get some juice delivered to you. Whatever you have to do to get those stores of antioxidants into your body, that's when your body needs the most. You know, it's not just water and chicken broth. That, that it's not going to cut it. You really have to have these massive amounts, these massive floods to your system of antioxidants. And I've actually used the same laser technology to tightly correlate the development of wrinkles with low antioxidant levels in skin. So even if you don't really care what's going on inside your body, you should eat healthy for the outside also. You know, if the, the more antioxidants you eat, the healthier your skin's gonna look. That's why when you go whole food plant-based, you'll notice your skin will clear up. A lot of the times, a lot of people will break out at first because your body's kind of pushing out all these toxins. 
and your toxins come th- can come out, you know, through your excrement, but they can also come out through your skin. If you remember, your skin's your largest organ. So, you know, when you go whole food plant based, in your in your microbiome is changing, it's going to be pushing out all these all these toxins. So a lot of times you will break out maybe for a week or two, but then after that, your skin is you know, glowing. It's really healthy because it is flooded with these antioxidants. Now, more specifically, um, black currants and blueberries may relieve visual fatigue associated with staring at a computer screen all day. Um, what happens to our eyesight if we sit in front of a computer all day is that, you know, in previous years, the rapid spread of computers in the home and workplace has led to an increase in ocular and visual problems including eye discomfort, um, blurring of distant objects, eye strain, you know, just general visual fatigue. Um, so-called near-work-induced transient myopia is what it's called. That's when, after staring at a computer screen for a while, you look out the window and things kind of look blurry. I'm sure we've, we've all had that be a problem. That's because our, our uh, little ciliary muscles pulling at the lens in our eyes are locked in this constant state of contraction to keep that near focus. And now over our human bodies aren't meant to do that. We're not we're not built to look at computer screens all the time. Now over time this can have long-term adverse consequences. And yes, we could waste 4 to 12 minutes an hour taking breaks staring at the window, but you know, not everybody's going to do that. Now the effects of black current intake on work-induced transient refractive uh, alteration in healthy humans is there was a double-blind placebo-controlled crossover study finding a significant improvement in refractive values and eye strain symptoms compared to placebo. Now, what passes for currants in the United States are actually champagne grape raisins, not actual black currants, which were banned in the U.S. a century ago um, due to uh, big industry, uh, basically the lumber industry. They feared that they might spread a plant disease that affects white pine, which we don't even really use anymore. It's just another one of those, you know, bureaucratic bullshit things. Now, they are, however, making a comeback. Um, though, you know, any um, anthocyanin-rich berry, and I'll say that slower for you, anthocyanin-rich berry might have similar benefits. For example, there was a previous done, a previous study done on bilberries. Um, and it was a Japanese study. And you want to make sure you have fresh berries. Um, you don't want to take powdered capsules because as we've seen over and over, when you test supplements, you're lucky if they have any of what it says on the label. Now, furthermore, even for products actually containing you know, all the, all the berries that, that the label says they contain, the label was usually uninformative or misleading or both. Um, something that the herbal supplement market is pretty much known for now. Now, the largest study to date found that it appears that most herbal supplement labels do in fact lie. And to be honest, I'd rather have fresh berries than a supplement, or than, yeah, than a supplement anyway. It tastes good, it's refreshing, you can toss them in a smoothie if you don't feel like eating them. Um, Bilberries, not a, not a lot of people have heard of bilberries. They actually gained notoriety during World War II when it was claimed that pilots in the British Royal Air Force were eating bilberry jam to improve their night vision. 
um, which is pretty cool if you ask me. Uh, the real reason the Brits were able to, you know, have such great night vision and target these Nazi bombers in the middle of the night um, was probably not because of the bilberries, but because of radar, which was a new invention. But I'm sure it helped. So, again, black currants and bilberries have been shown to relieve visual fatigue associated with staring at a computer screen all day. And, and think about that. You know, when you're out in your daily life, you know, outside of your staring at your computer or staring at your TV, you're focused on things at different distances, right? Um, you know, your bookshelf, and then you look to the left and there's a hallway, and then you look to the right and you're staring out a window. So your eye is constantly um, perceiving things at different distances. So it, it, that muscle is not locked in on one distance. Like it's not meant to do. And that's why it cramps up and that's why it's good to, to break from your computer every hour for about 10 minutes and kind of just look around the room a little bit and, uh, and give your eyes a break. Um, as for muscle fatigue, daily citrus fruit, berry, and peppermint tea consumption may help. Okay, um, Caffeine obviously also helps lessen fatigue. But keep in mind, caffeine is a diuretic, so it is going to make you... Um, dehydrated, which I talked about earlier, you don't want to do, and it is addictive. So I'm not saying don't drink coffee. I have coffee once in a while also, or tea with caffeine in it. If you do, you want to make sure you have a glass of water for every cup that you have. It's not going to dilute the caffeine. If anything, it will help your body with fatigue because you might be dehydrated also. So having that rush of caffeine plus hydration will give you added benefits. Now, um, neurotoxins found in seafood may also cause chronic fatigue-like symptoms. Now, uh, I'm going to butcher this, uh, but I believe it's pronounced ciguatera. It's C-I-G-U-A-T-E-R-A. And it's one of the most common forms of food poisoning, which occurs after the consumption of fish contaminated with neurotoxins produced by certain microalgae that build up uh, in the food chain. Uh, just a few bites can be sufficient to induce the condition. Now, disturbingly, affected fish looks, smells, and tastes normal, and ciguatoxins are resistant to all forms of cooking. So there's no straightforward method to predict when your fish or your seafood will have ciguatera toxins in it, which will be a nightmare for you. Now, literally, it can cause nightmares. About one in six people may experience signs of hallucinatory poisoning, lack of coordination, hallucinations, depression, and nightmares. And most, most suffer some kind of neurological, uh, neurological symptoms, tingling, numbness, um, burning, cold sensations. For example, ciguatera sufferers have reported that a refreshing dive in the ocean actually caused burning pain or that drinking cold beer felt like hot coffee. Now, sometimes a reversal of temperature sensation occurs, like cold objects feel hot and vice versa. Um, the toxin itself may also be apparently sexually transmitted either, um, either direction, okay? Male to female, female to male, after that fish consumption. Um, so, you know, it's not necessarily a STD, I don't think, but it is a sexually transmitted uh, infection, I guess it would be called. Either way, 
Uh, I'd be pissed if I got it. And those symptoms can persist for months or years. Ongoing research has shown that people with chronic fatigue syndrome may actually be suffering from the long-term effects of fish food poisoning. Um, there's also a symptom called polymyositis, which causes um, uh, muscle aches, pains, and inflammation. Now, some individuals intoxicated uh, by fish consumption 25 years can previously experience a recurrence of the main neurological disturbances during periods of overwork, fatigue, or stress, meaning that you can get rid of it or not have effects and then it might come back two and a half decades later. You can still find those toxins stuck in your body that long later. Um, there have been somewhat recent outbreaks in New York City and they have drawn some attention to the problem. Um, a man eats grouper at a Manhattan restaurant and goes, um, goes swimming two miles a day and then has difficulty walking that lasts for months. Uh, but these aren't just rare anecdotes, unfortunately. Ciguatera fish poisoning affects an estimated 15,000 Americans every year, causing hundreds of hospitalizations and even some deaths. Now again, the toxins are colorless, odorless, tasteless, and cooking does nothing to it. Now therefore, the CDC suggests education efforts aimed at the prevention of seafood intoxication by avoidance of high-risk fish altogether. Now the AMA put out a somewhat similar advisory suggesting that the only way to prevent it is to uh, to avoid eating fish like red snapper or grouper. But the problem is that a third of fish sold in the United States is mislabeled. So you don't always know what you're getting, which is pretty fucked up if you ask me. Now some suggest feeding a large fish flesh meal to a cat and treating them like your uh, taste tester. And if they're okay six hours later, you can go ahead and eat it. But that, that again, is pretty fucked up also. You know, it's like the canary in the coal mine, but it's your cat. That, that's brutal. Um, and if it's brutal to do to a cat, then you shouldn't be the taste tester either, right? So just stay away from, from seafood altogether. Um, conversely, chocolate may help alleviate the symptoms. I, I can... Just sense all of your guys' ears, all your guys' and girls' ears perking up, okay? Now, a little history. Montezuma II, who reigned the Aztec Empire 500 years ago, noted, quote, This divine drink, which builds up resistant and fights fatigue, a cup of cocoa permits people to walk for a whole day without food, unquote. Um, now, it was actually put to the test. It's a little skeptical, um, uh, you know, reading industry-supported research, but there was actually a pretty good study done. And at first glance, it looked like they were basically saying, eat three chocolate bars a day for eight weeks and see how you feel in the morning. But it was actually a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled crossover trial, which is pretty much the best study you can do. There were scientists over at Nestle that took white chocolate and dyed it brown and then added some sort of fake chocolate flavor. Um, so that people couldn't tell if they were eating real chocolate or fake chocolate, which would be the white chocolate. Um, comparable amounts of sugar and fat, but one had cocoa solids in it, which are phytonutrients, and the others didn't. So they were able to put people on one and then switch them over without anyone knowing to see if their chronic fatigue symptoms got better or worse. And there was actually a significant improvement in the real chocolate group. Meaning it wasn't, uh, it apparently wasn't just the, the taste of the chocolate, 
but the action of the cacao phytonutrients. Now, of course, no one, I repeat, no one should be eating three chocolate bars a day. But you can get the equivalent dose of cocoa solids, um, the equivalent dose of those phytonutrients, by consuming two and a half tablespoons of cocoa powder a day. You can put it in coffee, you can put it in your smoothies, um, you can put it in a blender with, you know, again, berries and, and strawberries and blueberries and cherries and a little bit of, um, you know, non-dairy milk and toss in some vanilla extract and some cinnamon and some dates and you have this amazing, like, uh, chocolate smoothie, basically. And it's all whole food plant-based and it's actually good for you and it won't make you fat and it'll give you a, a rush of, of phytonutrients and antioxidants. And the more you eat, the healthier you, you are. And this is whether or not you are suffering from chronic fatigue. You know, there's a lot of ways to, to get clever with how to, uh, how to consume your plants. Personally, I like salads. I always push salads. That's my favorite. But people get bored of it, I understand. Smoothies are a great way to go. So, uh, you know, play around with it. But again, two and a half tablespoons of cocoa powder. You want to make sure it's 100% cocoa powder. It doesn't have any dairy or anything like that in it, okay? Um, and uh, you, you might notice some differences. You might feel more awake. You might have more sustained energy through the day. If anything, at least you're giving your, your body that, that rush of, of antioxidants to help combat the stresses of every, everyday life, which are getting more and more nowadays. So that's what I have to say about chronic fatigue. I hope uh, you have a little bit of understanding now. Any questions, comments, concerns, please message me or email me, ryan at mainlyplants.com. And until next week, go eat a salad. <laughs>